Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Forums, where we hear from leaders that are paving the way for exponential change happening in the wealth management industry. I'm Linda Ding, Director of Solutions Marketing at Automation Anywhere, a cloud-native intelligent automation platform. Today, we are going to talk about the most discussed technology across the industries, that is artificial intelligence, AI, and its key use cases that are transforming investing for the better. I'm very pleased to be joined by two veteran industry leaders, Andrew Alfas, CFP, President Alfas Personal Wealth Management, and the founder and the CEO of FP Alpha. Welcome, Andrew. It's great to be here with you, Linda. Looking forward to the conversation with uh, with Nierika. It should be fun. Awesome. And we are also joined by Neharika Shah, EVP Chief Growth Officer, Tiffin Wealth. Welcome, Neharika. Thank you, Linda. And I'm so delighted to be on the panel alongside Andrew. And I think what promises to be a very fun and interesting conversation. That's fantastic. And uh, uh, first of all, I want to congratulate to both of you for winning the 2022 WealthManagement.com Industry Awards, Andrew for winning the Innovation New Application, and Neharika for winning the Excellence in Artificial Intelligence. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great, it was a great honor and a, a fun night and, and certainly great company as well. Yes, wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, let's start with you, Andrew, and I know that you're winning the awards on your birthday. Tell us a little bit more about what, what you do, what's new with you. Yeah, so you you gave some background. Um, I've been an advisor for over 19 years now, and I am the founder of a relatively new software company called FP Alpha. And what that allows advisors to do is uh, take their clients' financial documents like wills, trusts, tax returns, insurance policies, upload them. We use AI to read them, summarize them, find gaps and opportunities in 16 areas of planning and give those back to advisors to use with their clients. Uh, so I am in uh, New York City in midtown Manhattan right now and talking to you. And um, I sit on both sides of the table um, uh, in terms of being an advisor and, and creating software for advisors uh, in the industry. That's fantastic. Thank you, Andrew. And Yaharika, could you share a little bit about yourself with the audience? Yeah, happy to. So as you mentioned, I am the Chief Growth Officer of Tiffin Wealth. At uh, Tiffin Wealth, we use um, AI, data science, machine learning to transform the advisor and client relationship. Uh, we strongly believe that the next frontier of gro growth will come from personalization-led capabilities. And so we partner with firms like Andrews to help them drive growth for their business. Awesome. And with that, uh, since you're winning the Excellence in Artificial Intelligence, Niharika, could you share with our audience, what is AI? And what wealth management industry should be understanding the concept? Um, happy to. Um, so as the name suggests, AI is artificial intelligence and contrasted against human intelligence, some of which, you know, like people like myself don't have much of. But what essentially it, what we're trying to do or what AI tries to do is mimic the human mind and decision making. Uh, we're not fully there yet, and that would be the, the era of uh, sentience where AI is truly able to replicate the human decision-making, but I think we're getting close. 
and essentially using its intelligence derived from large bodies of data, which reveal patterns and build sort of intelligence from that. So the first part of it, which is large bodies of data and deriving patterns is not new. That's been all you know around ever since big data existed. I think what is fundamentally different about AI is the ability to learn. So it's not only observing patterns, but it's also learning from repeated patterns and then adapting that, using that as intelligence that is used to make any sorts of decisions, right? So if you go back and now, again, going back to the corollary of uh, human behavior, once babies are born, they don't, you know, how do we learn language? And they learn it through visual cues. Those are the patterns, right? Mom is there. We like this woman. And we don't know at that time that she's a woman, but she feeds me. So she does something good. And I like her because she's always next to me. But she does this crazy thing when she leaves the door or leaves the room. She waves a hand. And so then the child associates that pattern with somebody leaving the room and then associates the word, okay, bye, with the shaking of the hand and that person leaving the room. And the reaction might be, okay, that person's left the room, so I'm going to cry, and maybe that'll bring them back, right? So that's pattern and decision-making that as humans is fundamental to our learning, and that's what AI is trying to incorporate in several different industries, right? So to answer your second part of the question around wealth, it is really, um, there's so many different use cases of AI, but at the end of the day, I would say that it's helping people, because we have to align this to eventually impact, make better, more informed decisions at scale. That's wonderful. And uh, so AI is no longer just uh, an abstract, uh, futuristic uh, outcome or capability, but something that's so near, dear before we know it. And so, Andrew, uh, tell us a little bit more from your unique perspective, because you really have the experiences from both sides, from uh, the advisor as well as now a technologist side. And is AI ready for the industry? And uh, is, is it a business imperative or still something that's good to have? You know, it, it has been something that's been good to have in the past, but now today it's becoming a business imperative and and it's going to soon be that you can't live without AI um, to do your job properly. And so that, that was a great definition um, that Niharika uh, provided of AI. Um, and I would just add that the way I see AI is that it's the ability to automate intelligence. And for the technology to be a partner with you, with the advisor, with the user to come to its own conclusions and make suggestions and insights. And what's really happened that's allowed us to be in the position that we're in today, in which AI can have a, a, a real impact on our industry and the way that we're doing our jobs is that we've had years of digitization. I'll give you an example. We we have rebalancers today, we have CRM data, we have documents that have been digitized, we have more information about our clients than we've ever had before. And as a result of years and years of digitization, we can now take that information and turn insights, turn that information into insights, actual insights that can help us do our jobs better as advisors. And so, the, there are 
at the same time, there are great trends in our industry. So those trends are that we have low cost competitors um, and there's more pressure on just providing an investment only um, service. And at this, uh, clients at the same time are asking for more and more help uh, from advisors. They want help with estate planning and tax planning and trust services and risk management. And so the advisor is becoming more of the general physician of finance. The problem is, is that there hasn't been a way in the past to be able to scale the work. And so traditionally, we've thrown people at the problem. You know, if you want to uh, provide more services to clients, you have to hire more people. Maybe you bring in an attorney, bring in an accountant. And that's great if you want to do it for provide more service for your wealthiest clients. And that's that's what has happened. Um, and it's going to be time consuming and tedious. That's been the traditional model. But if you really, if you want to scale it, if you want to offer, democratize the work, offer it to all of your clients and create great productivity gains, you have to be able to use technology that's going to be a partner with you and allow you to make decisions and get to insights very quickly. Uh, so the, for example, with FP Alpha, what we do is you can upload an estate document or a tax return, and then quickly have it summarized. You'll have uh, a schematic distribution plan based on the estate documents, summary of the tax return, and then you'll find FP Alpha will find gaps and opportunities and give those back to the, to the advisor. That's, that's something that normally you would have to do completely manually. And that's the great potential technology like that, that's using AI to allow advisors to do more for clients. And um, I would say it's a, a real convergence of trends and uh, in the industry now, both on the comp competitive side and, and on digitization. That's very well said. And Harika, what's your experience thus far? Is the industry ready for AI? Well, before I answer the industry question, I can tell you that every individual, almost every individual that is part of this industry is already using AI in their day-to-day -day lives in some fashion or the other, right? We just don't know it. And that's the simplicity and elegance of it. Uh, for example, if you have a meeting calendar, don't you get a, a reminder from your phone that's saying, should I put it on silence? That's AI at work, right? Otherwise, it used to just be the alarm but it's the application of that to something more meaningful, which is making my life easier. Even today in the consumer world, and we all know at some point have shopped on Amazon, 35% of Amazon's revenues today are driven by their personalization recommendation engine, which is you know, obviously uses AI to do that. So I think unlocking the potential of that within Weld is, is here. I think there is plenty of opportunity, and I think I would 100% agree with what Andrew said. Um, the, the challenge really that the industry is facing today is force multiplication. Like how do I do more by for less, essentially? I want to be able to service so many people. I want to add more services to my practice. I, I have to find a more cost-efficient way to do that. And to do that in a way that actually helps me deepen those relationships. And this is where I think if you think of AI as sort of your ally and becoming that force multiplier, I think it's a cultural mind shift. That being said, I do think that even if the, if the firms today do not consider it as a strategic imperative, it will quickly become one because their clients will demand it. 
I think, you know, sometimes demand leads the way. They want that personalized attention that maybe family offices are only able to provide to the ultra high net worth. And I think there's going to be low tolerance for that. I do believe that it is a strategic imperative. Now, that being said, it's not a blunt weapon. It's not, I'm going to do AI. I think you have to apply it to what who your firm is, what the value proposition is, which use cases are most valuable to you, and then pursue the right implementation path, top-down you know, change management. Uh, it's, it's much more of a culture transformation agenda. The tech part eventually becomes easy if you can manage the people and the culture part. That's fantastic. So I hear some of the keywords and concepts shared by both of you the cost efficiency, the productivity improvement, and as well as meeting the current uh, customer who are so used to the digital ways of personalized services. But the question is how to scale that. And AI will be playing a huge role in all those aspects. So that let's unpack everything you just mentioned into the use cases. Uh, what are currently being used leveraging AI technology to drive better efficiency, productivity, and meeting customers more effectively. Harika, would you like to get started on that? Yeah, happy to. So I think it's um, where Tiffin Weld, and I'll talk about this in the context of Tiffin Weld, we're the sort of client personalization layer that lives between CRMs and backend systems, right? So when you think about the, the front office, if you will, of a firm, what are the two questions that advisors will get out of bed in the morning for? And I always like to phrase this as not keeping them up at night, but getting out in the morning is which of my prospects and clients need my attention and how should I engage them? Right? What should I do with them? So I think the, the what we're trying to, again, it goes back to productivity, but it's not just a bottom line play. It has to eventually feed into some sort of growth value proposition. So we're using AI as an example to help an idea an advisor identify who their best prospects are based on their ideal customer of today or their ideal customer profile of tomorrow. But going beyond that, it's what, it's how do we engage them in terms of, you know, they might be somebody. And so we look at not only structured data, we look at third-party data, we look at any assessment data, whether it's risk or goals, et cetera, that we might have about them. But more importantly, also look at behavioral data, because there's a lot of truth that is hidden between behind behaviors of an individual, that all of those come together to then inform what's the next best action to sort of take with that end investor. So I think that is, again, going back to the ROI of this, it's not just productivity, but it eventually leads to better conversions, more delight, more delight, more retention, more AUM um, at the end of the day. The second use case I would highlight, and there's so many, but I think in the world investing, personalization, um, you know, we've, we've talked about thematic uh, investing for a while, but the ability to at scale align the needs, values, passions, fears, behaviors to the underlying investment portfolio is another job for AI, right? And this applies to traditional, private, as well as charitable giving. All of these three scenarios, especially in the alternative space and charitable giving are sort of rife with frictions, which don't generate the best outcomes, even for the investor or for eventually for the end advisor. 
So I think aligning, think of this as sort of a match.com of aligning who the holistic persona of an individual with how they're invested or how they're giving is another really live and now very well adopted use case of, of AI in wealth management. That is so true. And based on my personal experience, that level of capability and personalization is very much needed as uh, our needs and, and the financial outlook is uh, progressing differently uh, throughout different uh, life stage. And Andrew, I know that you have a lot of experiences on that. And could you share some of the promising use cases you are seeing today in the space? Yeah, I mean, the, those were great examples of um, how Tiffin is uh, using AI to drive results. And, and um, I'll just add to different examples that I see in the industry. Now, I see small examples. I see large technology companies who are starting to dip their toes in and offer AI within their within their products. So if you, for example, you you'll have eMoney who's doing using AI to uh, allow for voice questionnaires, um, questionnaires that can be filled out through voice. And you have uh, CRMs that are predicting which clients are at risk based on communication, like Redtail does that. And Linda, your, your old company, Laserfiche, um, was, uh, is using AI to remove, redact sensitive information from uh, client documents, like uh, their um, social security numbers, for example. Uh, so those are examples of AI being used within uh, broader products. But now we're, we're starting to see AI coming in a much bigger form, and, and that's going to take a, a bigger steps forward. So uh, and I'll give you an example of, of some of the, the pain points. I mean, if you have the advisor, what the advisor is facing today is clients in very different situations who have um, different needs. And so um, as an advisor, I'll be working with a client. I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm working with a client today who is um, in his early 60s, and he just got a diagnosis, unfortunately, for early Alzheimer's. And unfortunately, his wife is, is, is in even worse shape than he is. So he has no one to look after him. And so he's looking to us to figure out how can I pay my bills? I'm not able to. How are the bills going to get paid when I can't do that myself? Um, how's my medical care going to be taken care of? Who's going to coordinate that? How, uh, what's my estate plan look like? What do I need to have in place? Uh, what's my retirement? Is my, can my retirement uh, income support my long-term care expenses. How is long-term care being paid? So you have a you have a, a complex a situation like that that um, has various complexities, and then you're also working with a client uh, who is early career, who has a young family, and is trying to put together a cash flow plan to save towards short-term goals and long-term goals, and make sure the risks are addressed, and has wants to put an initial estate plan in place. And maybe as an interest in uh, sustainable investing and so on and so forth. So you have lots of different situations and the advisor has to personalize, as you mentioned, Linda, and adjust and customize his or her services to the client that, that he's working with to, to better meet that person's needs. The issue is, is that there's no way to do that today um, at scale. Uh, there's no easy way to do it. And 
we're starting to see AI come in that is allowing for much greater automation, much more, much greater insights, and to be able to process information and come to conclusions that that are highly tailored to someone's specific situation and allow advisors to scale more and offer more advice to and more broadly to more clients. And that's the great promise of of AI because so much has been automated already within the back office from rebalancers to e-signature. And but now it's the stuff that the advisor is doing all day long, the judgment tasks that need to be automated. So certainly we're at, at FP Alpha trying to make a big dent in terms of in the advice side of the business um, and bringing insights into everything from um, estate planning to insurance planning so that more of these more of these opportunities, advice opportunities are discovered and the advisor is able to do that efficiently and and saving a lot of time and driving more revenue because ultimately, you know, the more value you can provide to your clients, the more that you're able to charge um, for your services and um, as well as the more prospects and, and new clients are able to onboard because with a differentiated full service offering. Well, both of you got me really excited about the outlook of AI technology when it's adopted at a much greater scale. We can see personalization, uh, even you know, for average investors, as well as uh, the the tremendous promising values bringing to fast growing enterprises and also independent firms. But with all those promising outcomes, we're still seeing a very low adoption of AI technology today in the wealth space. So from your perspectives, what are the tips that you would be given to our audience to overcome those concerns when it comes to adopting AI? Who would like to get started first? I can start, Linda. I, th I think the, the first one is a you know, mind shift in terms of preparation for the future. I think I alluded that the customer of today is probably not going to, and most likely not going to look like the customer of future. So I think part of it is future proofing. Um, the the second part in terms of adoption, and I and I do agree that you know early adoption adoption is hard uh, because the product is not hundred percent. The the people are not fully trained or ready and accepting. So I think the first thing is taking the fear out of the system, but also thinking about very selective use cases, winning one, and then it, so I think it's a landing and expanding kind of approach in terms of the application of AI. The third I would say is you know a lot of firms stop at the point is uh, oh AI needs a lot of data for it to work. And I think fundamentally that is not true because I think you even using the data that you have to start off with is, is a step forward. But there are other applications of AI, like we didn't even get into conversational AI, right? Or voice AI. Siri is an ex excellent example over time. Even my Indian accent, now Siri fully understands because she's been listening and has adapted to it. We at Tiffin have, for example, a conversational AI product that engages on behalf of the advisor and a client on specific micro-planning conversations. So the ones that Andrew was talking about is exactly one of those scenarios in which something's top of mind and can be addressed um, 
using conversational AI. So again, I think there's a lot to unpack when we talk about AIs, you know, is the 2020 term for digital, which was 30 years ago. So, you know, in terms of takeaway, I would say select the use case that is most valuable to the firm, launch and expand and delight, prove that out and then expand from there. And the third is, I think, consider all the different applications of AI vis-a-vis -vis the use cases um, before you select and move forward to the, to the ones that you want to implement. Great insights. Thank you, Niharika. Andrew? Yeah, so I think that you have to really think through what you're trying to solve and think about the different um, stakeholders. And so you have the people at, at an advisory practice, you have the people who are doing the work and dealing with all these client requests, you know, some that are planned, some that are coming in, and there's a huge amount of multitasking uh, on the advisory side and the operations side. And those people are really trying to simplify their jobs. And, and so you're looking at AI to say, how can I, how can I make their lives easier? And but on the other side, you have uh, people who are perhaps uh, the most senior people at, at uh, the company who are thinking about, well, how is this going to drive more financial results for me? Um, how, how is this going to save money? How is this going to increase revenue? You really need to marry everything together. And so if you, you the, the person who is, when you're thinking about AI, you're saying, well, how can I automate more? And then the person who is at the uh, top of the organization is saying, how can this, how is this going to, to help me and improve my bottom line? And where else can I be spending the time with uh, clients and getting an ROI on, on this spent? And so the, the great thing about AI, and I think that the most effective use for AI is allowing people to do higher impact activities. And it allows advisors to be spending more time with clients and more of their time on judgment-oriented tasks because they're you know, looking at the, the output of the AI systems, deciding what to use, deciding how to communicate it. And that is a, a much better spend of their time than let's say, you know, reading a, a trust and creating using PowerPoint to create a flowchart. And so I, I think it's it's the the shift of time to things that are more productive in client relationship that allow for more engagement, that allow for more for greater revenue, more freed up time to be spending it with clients and with prospective clients is a, you know, is the marriage of of effective AI adoption. And I think that that's really where you have to think through how can how can this translate well into my company as a whole and, and get all engage all stakeholders um, so that it is um, I have a clear use case in mind that is translated a bit differently to different people and and allows for um, effective adoption um, you know throughout the company. That's so well said. That is uh, for any successful technology transformation. Uh, we really need to marry all elements of uh, change management together from the people, process, and technology. So thank you so much. Any closing thoughts from both our panelists uh, before we close uh, for the podcast? Niharika, any 
quick takeaway and leave behind for our audience? Um, I think I gave some of it away in my last response, but I will only say this, that uh, do not fear it, embrace it with, as Andrew said, to the use cases, the outcomes that are most valuable and imminent for your firm. Thank you. Andrew? Yeah, my, my, I would say follow the follow AI now. Take a look at, there are a lot of new technology companies that are out there. And I think uh, the way, where we are today is that we're starting to see more AI come out there or companies that are using AI in a more significant way um, come onto the market. And it's just gonna increase. And so I would say invest time today in looking at these companies, following them and make this a, a regular part of your, of your business planning and so that periodically you are taking a look at um, what new technology is out there that's using AI because it's going, it, it's, it's, it's no, it, you can't just, as we were talking about before, it's, a, it's becoming an imperative and it's becoming an imperative because of a combination of those competitive pressures, competitive forces and desires from clients for the advisor to be doing more. So I, I think you don't, you want to, Keep an eye on what what is out there, and start to incorporate it. And that's good. You want to do this now, today, before, and and not in you know when your your clients are telling you that, or they have a competing offer from someone who is um, has made that investment in in AI. Uh, and so you want to get ahead of the the curve and be able to be able to. Um, um, keep a close watch and, and your finger on the pulse of, of what's going on. Well, thank you so much, Andrew and Harika, for sharing your insights uh, with our audience. And for, for those of you interested in, in knowing more about Andrew and Harika uh, and their latest AI innovations, please uh, check out fpalpha.com and tiffin.com. Well, thank you both for joining me today. And thank you to our audience for listening to this Wealthy Circle podcast. I hope you are all inspired and excited about applying AI into technology solutions for everyday work, both for your clients and your staff. For more Wealthy Circle podcasts, please visit WMTV on wealthmanagement.com. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. 